This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. All right, everybody, let's get started. We're in our fourth and final week of the only series that I repeat annually. I repeat this series every single February because of this reason. Repetition is the essence of education, and you have to hear it over and over and over again if you're going to get it. And what I mean by getting it, I mean getting it down into your heart, and it's our core missional beliefs and values and what I believe is the plan of God for every single family that has ever come into existence. It's not just for us here in the South. Believe it or not, God even loves the Yankees and uh, not the ball team. He has a problem with them, but he loves the Northerners and it's not just for us Americans. He loves the world. God so loved the world. That's right. So if you're breathing, this series is what I believe is the plan of God for your life. And uh, let's go straight to the book of Exodus chapter number six. And this is our fourth and final part of what I call the core. Everyone say the core. Week number one, I told you uh, that I believe that the very number one most important thing about Calvary Church and all of you that make it your home is this that I hold in my hand. You can go the rest of your life without ever hearing another sermon. You can go the rest of your life without ever enjoying another worship set like we've had today. But you're not going to make it another second of your life living for God without getting into his word. This comes before sermons. This comes before worship events. This comes before serving in the church. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the first step to you experiencing a relationship with Jesus Christ, and that is knowing his word. And the great truth of his word is is that Jesus Christ came to die in your place to give you an opportunity to be saved forever. And this is just one of many, many truths found in his word. I called that sermon the unbreakable spiritual lifeline because if you're ever in trouble, you need someone to throw you a lifeline. And I can tell you today, you don't need me to throw you a sermon. You need me to throw you the word of God because it's what will save you. Somebody say amen. Week number two, I had fun preaching uh, one, of the, one of the most popular current song titles on Christian radio today. I preached a sermon that I called Chain Breaker, and uh, that was a fun sermon for me in week number two of the core. And then week number three, last week, I had a blast weaving in my sermon to dedicating nine beautiful babies last Sunday. And uh, that sermon title was Change the World because I was able to dedicate world changers to the work of God last last week. And then the week before that, back to that week number uh, two, the chain breaker, we, we baptized nine people that Sunday. It just seems like God's up to something special. So today, uh, I want you to see my subtopic, and, and I don't want you to get hung up on that just yet. If you'll give me a few minutes of your time, you're going to see how we're going to apply this to Exodus 6. It, today's subtopic is dress for success. And I want you to enjoy this in the word today. Exodus 6, verse 6. Wherefore, 
saying to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rid you out of their bondage. I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people. And I will be to you a God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. If you came in one of the main entrances to our church sanctuary facility that you're in today, if you came in one of those main entrances there in the hallways, uh, you'll see these statements made. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. I believe with all my heart that the will of God for you. Everyone say, for me? Come on, say it like you're asking me. For me? For me? Yeah, for you. The plan of God for your life is for you to know him in salvation, for you to get freed up from all the junk that that the life before Jesus you lived, that life brought you a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that you need to get rid of, and uh, God wants to help you get freed up from that. And then he wants to redeem you or put you back to your original reason of being created. And he created you with a purpose in this life. And he wants to help you find that and discover that. And then he wants you to also mature it and develop it where you can then make a difference in someone else's life. So here we go. Now that we've completed those four promises over those three separate weeks, I want to talk about what now. What, what now, Pastor Tommy, now that I'm no longer a slave to sin, now that I've given my heart to Jesus Christ, and now possibly I'm on this track, I'm on this growth of, of direction towards finding my, my reason for existence, is there anything else I need to know? And, and I would say it this way, you need to change the way you dress. Now, I want to be real clear. Because some of you got really nervous. You thought, change the way I dress. Oh, Lord, I didn't know this was one of them kind of churches. I got to change the way I dress. Well, actually, we're just going to have fun with that statement. And I want to show you a spiritual set of clothing that God wants to equip you with. Because here's the deal. If you've always been a certain way before Jesus, you can't come... And give your life to Jesus Christ and stay the way you've always been. If God touches you with his thumbprint, you're going to be different. And I want to show you in scripture uh, some fun things about clothing to help you understand the spiritual changes that need to take place in your life. Staying in the book of Exodus, we were just in chapter 6. Turn to the right several pages all the way over to chapter 28. Exodus chapter 28, we're going to stay right there. And I want to show you that God wants you to dress for success now that you are finding yourself and, and you're, you're attempting to, to, to become discipled by the word of the Lord. And, and there's some things that need to change in you that will, that, will, that will bring about the great blessings of God on your life. Verse number two of chapter 28 Make sacred garments. Make sacred garments that are glorious and beautiful. One translation says that are full of dignity and honor. Make sacred garments that are glorious and beautiful. Instruct all the skilled craftsmen, get all the custom tailors, and get all of the, the, the skilled 
skilled seamstress and, and have, them, have them make garments that will distinguish the priest that are set apart for my service. In other words, those that will be serving me, they need to be looking a little bit different than everybody else. They need to be distinguished. They need to carry themselves in a way that sets them apart from just everybody else. And these are the garments they are to make. Verse 4, a chest piece, an ephod, a robe, a patterned tunic, a turban, and a sash. So here we go. Let's get started. We're not going to be uh, working in scriptural order. I want to do it from a physical head-to-toe presentation this morning. So we're going to start from head-to-toe. Here's what we need to change the way we dress and you'll find that in your notes if you're on the app today. You'll find these in your notes through, through the app there. Dress for success by renewing your mind. Everyone say, my mind. So we're going to start at the head. If you'll skip down in chapter 28 to verse 36, you will see that there was a gold medallion made in verse 36 of chapter 28 for the priesthood and there were some words that were engraved on this medallion and those words were holy h-o-l-y to the lord holy to the lord and the priest were to take that gold medallion that said holy to the lord and they were to wear it across their forehead on their turban so Meaning that this part of the priest, everyone say the mind, was separated, was given over to the Lord. Because it matters how you think. Can I preach to somebody this morning? The battle of your salvation It was absolutely declared at the cross of Jesus Christ and you were given the victory for your eternal salvation. But can I tell you something? That once you give your life to Jesus and you accept his saving grace, the enemy wants to come into your mind and get you to start thinking just the way you always thought before you came to Jesus. I'm going to ask it this way, and, and these are the kind of sermons that, that, that a pastor must preach, and, and we must follow the Holy Spirit, but boy, it doesn't get you on the most liked list. This is not the kind of sermon that you get blown up with text and, 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 and mentioned on Twitter for a powerful word of God, but these are the kind of sermons that you had to agree to when you said yes to your calling And that's this question. How much carnality and sin are you going to entertain in your mind and think you're going to be okay? Because I can tell you right now, you're only as good as your thoughts. 
And you've got two little areas, ladies and gentlemen. Let me pastor you this morning. You've got two areas that the enemy wants to destroy your life with. He wants to fulfill John 10 and 10, the work of the enemy of stealing, killing, and destroying. He wants to fulfill that scripture in your life if he could come into your mind by your eye gate and your ear gate. In other words, what all are you willing to see and expect to still win the victory and live for God? Have you not realized how dark and how carnal and how worldly that the sight and the perception, the visual stimulation of this world has become? And let me say it this way. Once you see it, you can't forget it. Once your eyes lock in on it, you're done. You can't forget it. It's lodged somewhere down deep in your little peanut-sized brain. And you'll never forget that image. And it could be as an extreme image as a pornographic image or it could be in as, a, as an image of you standing in the living room watching your mom and dad fight. If you see it, if you come across the email and you found someone had broken trust, if you come across an accident and you see someone die, if you, if you walk into, a, into an environment that's, that's full of lust of the flesh and the, and, and the lust of the eye and the pride of life and you happen to see it, once you see something, man, it's there. And the enemy wants to come into your mind by your sight. That's why you've got to start protecting what you see. If you're going to be dressed for success, meaning you've come to know Jesus and you were one of the lucky ones that heard the story that Jesus saves and you found the measure of faith that was in you and you reached up and you accepted Jesus' grace and now you are blood-bought and you're a child of God. You've got to start protecting your mind because the enemy wants to give you images. He wants to give you sights. He wants to give you perceptions. He wants to give you visual. He wants to mess with your mind by your vision. But it doesn't stop there. Unfortunately, this, this cerebral thing is vulnerable not just to sight, but it's vulnerable to sounds. Because once you hear it, you can't forget it. And I'm not trying to like trash anybody right now. Just I'm trying to help you with an illustration. But I was, one, I was recently with a preacher. A preacher. And, and I'm not trying to throw him under the bus. But I'm just being real. He started telling me something about someone. And I should never have heard it. Because now that I've heard it. I can't even think about that person without thinking that thought. And it doesn't matter even if it's not true. It doesn't matter even if I don't believe it. Now that I've heard it, I've heard it. And now when I shake his hand, I think it. Do you think that that's the work of the Lord? That's the work of the enemy. Because no matter what was told to me, that still qualifies as something that can be forgiven. 
But yet, now I've got it in my mind, and now I've become a judge. Do you see the spiral, the down spiral? Do you see the danger that once you see it or once you hear it, it's now in your little brain, and you're not cool enough to get control of your brain? If you were cool enough to get control of your brain, you would start thinking differently on your own. Let me give you some good news today. You don't have to start thinking differently on your own. The pressure is off you because this is what the Bible says in Romans 12, verse number 2. Romans 12 and 2 says, don't copy the behavior of the world. Don't mirror the customs of the world, but let God. Someone say, let God. Let God, somebody say, let God, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now, I'm going to encourage some of you today. If you've been beating yourself up, driving yourself crazy, trying to change the way you think on your own, you need to quit. Because you're never going to change the way you think on your own. You're going to have to allow God to transform your life by changing the way you think. Well, how can I do that? You need to have more of this in your mind than more of the world in your mind. That means you need to be starting to see some things. And you need to start hearing some things. The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you need to start seeing things that bring you life, that bring you blessing. You need to start seeing things that bring you encouragement, that starts bringing you up and not pressing you down. And you need to start listening, giving your hearing over to things that are life-giving words, blessing words. You got to change the way you think, man, and get the pressure off of you being the changer. Accept his ability to transform your life by the way you think. Hey, Romans 12, 2 gets better than what I've already told you. It gets better and better, sweeter and sweeter. This is what the Bible says. He'll transform you by the, uh, into a new person by changing the way you think. And guess what? Here comes the blessing of him changing the way you think. Then, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Then, when, when God changes the way you think, what happens when he changes the way I think? I'll get to know his will, his good and perfect will that's pleasing unto him. Okay, well, let's rewind that and put it in reverse. I'll never know his good, perfect, pleasing will if I don't change the way I think. And I'll never change the way I think unless I don't let him transform me. So if I'm wanting to be in his perfect will, knowing when to take a right, knowing when to take a left, knowing when to speed up, knowing when to slow down, knowing when to jump over, knowing when to bend beneath. If I need to know his perfect will, then it's got to start by the renewing of my mind. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord this morning. You never knew your mind was so important, did you? Your mind is the hub of all your thoughts. It's the launch pad of every good or bad choice you'll ever make. It starts with your mind. Joyce Meyer, Joyce Meyer has one of the greatest series ever preached on. It's called the battlefield of the mind. If you can win the battlefield of your mind, you're on your way to victory. And here's where some of us messed up years ago, years ago. Some of us thought the battlefield was on our exterior. We thought if I could just 
dressed the part, I would be dressed for success. Honey, it ain't got nothing to do with what you're wearing. It's got everything to do with what you're thinking. If you want to really get dressed for success, you need to stop worrying if you're in fashion, out of fashion, cool or not cool. Trends don't mean nothing with success when it comes to the kingdom. It's got everything to do, is your mind right? Hey, has anybody ever been guilty of this? What was I thinking? Lord have mercy, I've done that before. I've probably done it to, I will do it today. What was I thinking? Ladies and gentlemen, take a real big deep breath and enjoy this message of God's grace today. God's grace says, why don't you just stop all that thinking and let me change that and let me help you think better. Let me clear your thoughts up. But I can't, as I clean your thoughts up, I can't control what you're looking at and what you're hearing you're gonna have to come and partner with me I'll transform you if you'll put some barriers up on your on your sight and your sounds I've told you this many times coming to Jesus is the easiest thing that you'll ever do in your life it's the easiest thing you'll ever do but it's gonna cost you everything You're not going to be able to watch what you used to watch. You're not going to be able to listen to what you've always listened to and expect God's hand of favor and blessing to remain on your life. You're going to have to be separate. You're going to have to come out from among them. You're going to have to be distinguished. You're going to have to dress differently. How's it start? The renewing of your mind. Second thing. Dress for success by protecting your heart. Renew your mind, protect your heart. Renew your mind, protect your heart. Same chapter, chapter number 28 of Exodus. This is what Aaron was supposed to do now. The priest, that which was distinguished and set apart. Aaron will carry the names. Everyone say names. The names of the tribes of Israel on the sacred chest piece over his heart when he goes into the holy place. Aaron had some names on his heart. You're going to have to start protecting your heart from names and we're going to we're going to take a pencil here in our mind we're going to we're going to put backslash or parentheses or quotations however you want to separate this names and you're going to have to start saying people. You're going to have to protect your heart from certain people. Let me, let, me, let me make it plain. If you've spent your whole life in Egypt living, a world, uh, living in a world of sin that is detrimental to your eternal future, if you're living in a place of sin, but, but Exodus 6 was proven true and God saved you, he brought you out, you can't come out of Egypt and still expect to go further with God while doing life with those still in Egypt. Now, some of you are not here in your mind right now, you're, you're, you're drifting in your thoughts. You've got hamburger and milkshake on your brain. You need to make that a malt. It's 10 times better than a shake. But you've got things on your brain, and you're going to miss You're gonna miss what I'm saying. And you're going to think that I told you that you're going to have to no longer be able to, like, hang out with people that are different than you. And that's not what this is saying. Because there are some people in your life that are in your life because you are the person to win them to Jesus. 
And your whole intention and purpose in life is that you become a soul winning machine. But there are some people in your life that God did not put in your life. They're the work of an enemy for your future because they want to see you fail. They want to see you defeated. They want to see you go get those chains that he broke off of you and put them back on. They want to see you back in a place of sin, separated from God. They want to see that. Well, how do I know the difference, Pastor Tommy? You need to get a big drink of this truth. You don't have any nail prints. You're not anyone's savior. If they're not going where you're going, you test the waters with your love and your relationship but if you don't have influence over them but yet they have influence over you that's the person you're going to have to take their name off of your heart because you can't go where God's wanting you to go if they're pulling on you to go somewhere else don't worry I'm not expecting any messages or compliments I get it this is the kind of stuff that messes with you but you want to know it's the truth I want to mess with you all the way to heaven. And you ain't going to be happy on your way. And you may not even make it if it's up to a few people that are in your life. Because they don't want to see you blessed. They want to see you hurt, disappointed, broken, fractured. They want to see you troubled. They want to see you lost. They miss their company in Egypt. But God's plan for you is to know him in the power of salvation and for you to get freed up from all of your issues doing life with people that may or may not be saved but you always having the influence and you always being in the driver's seat of the relationship bringing someone closer to God you not having to sit in the back seat being taken somewhere you don't want to go. Someone say I received the word. Check this out. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me push you a little bit more. Worship team, come help me today. I've, I've gone over my time here. Come help me today. And uh, I, want, I want to give this, give this last point as much time as I can give it. Okay, everybody? Check this out. This is the big point. This is the home run ball. Dress for success by the renewing of your mind, by the protection of your heart, And dress for success by praise. Everyone say the word praise. Man, it don't get any better than this. Verse number 39, we're going to talk about two pieces of of garment. The undergarment, which was the tunic, and the outer garment, which was the robe. The tunic was made of linen. The undergarment was made of linen. Very light. It breathed. It was, it, was, it was a breathing material. You want to know why? Because it's not God's plan for you to keep sweating the small stuff. Some of y'all in this room are missing God's full blessing and potential in your life because you take small little peanut-sized problems that the enemy puts in your way and you magnify them to being big deals. And you let the drama get the best of you. And one of those devices of drama is your social media accounts. And you turn yourself loose at the 2 o'clock in the morning hour when you ought be sleeping or working, not venting. Man, is that not Louisiana sound? Venting. Venting. 
venting. No, it's venting. Listen to me. Don't let the enemy win. I know you didn't have the best of days. But in a minute, I'm going to show you how to turn that into praise. I know you had a bump in the road. But don't take that bump and make it a canyon. The enemy wants to get into your mind and mess with the way you perceive and see little bitty problems. And you're going to make them bigger than what they are. Bishop Ron, when he hired me 19 and a half years ago, one of the best things that man ever told me when he hired me, he said, Pastor Tommy, welcome to the team. You're about to serve a lot of people. And every day when you wake up and you leave your house, in one hand you're going to have a bucket of water. In the other hand, you're going to have a bucket of gas. And every time you come up on a fire, you're going to have to rely on the Holy Spirit to tell you which one to use. There's some things you don't put fire on and make them bigger than what they are. Put the water on it and stop it. There's other things that something's brewing something stirring and you don't need to kill it you need to magnify it that my friends is what I want to tell you next it's praise the tunic was linen you got to let it breathe some of you guys are sweating over little things stop sweating the small stuff but the robe that covered the tunic it was made of blue purple and scarlet thread It was woven with gold. And around the hem of the robe were these little bells that would tinkle and chime when the priest would walk into the holy place. Now remember, outside the holy place, everybody wanted a minute with the priest. Would you please go into the holies of holies for me? Would you please work this situation out for me? And the priest had the ability to be able to leave that there and let them bells do the tinkling and the chiming and boy his little attitude was walking into the holies of holies you could hear him coming my question for you is when we hear you coming do we hear you moaning and groaning whining and complaining or do we hear a praise rising up within you a praise unto God within you can I tell you something this morning Woo, boy, I'm feeling a little something stirring in my heart right now. Can I tell somebody today, you better get this down in your spirit. Praise can change everything in your life. If you're feeling down, start thinking about the goodness of God on your life. If you think your marriage is rocky, start thanking God for what it could be. If you started turning off those eyes and those ears and shutting that mouth every now and then. Here's the problem with most of us. We want to praise when things are perfect. That's not the time to praise. Time to praise is when all hell's breaking loose in your life. Time to praise is when you don't have any money left. Time to praise is when he ain't talking to you. She's, she's not talking. Time to praise. Well, why would I want to praise then? Because you praise God for what he can do and is doing and how the outcome will be. Remember where you were. Where were you? In Egypt, being told what to do, how to do, when to do. You were controlled by a master of sin and carnality. 
but God's brought you out. And in this process of finding your freedom, life ain't going to be easy and fair. You're going to have some troubled days, but you ought to be praising God anyhow. If you want to be successful living for God, you're going to have to overcome the mully grubs. You're going to have to overcome the down and outs. You're going to have to figure out a way to take that frown and turn it into a smile, even though you don't feel like it. (laughs) I told our young people the other day, a funny, funny story that's a part of my family. When I was, I don't know, I was 12, 13 years old, whatever, however old I was, boy, I had some rotten attitude. I didn't want to be with any, I mean, I just, I hated everybody. And my mom and daddy had this really genius idea to take me to NASA because Junior would love the rockets. I was so miserable. We got out of the car in Houston, Texas. It was 139 degrees. (laughs) Man, we were dripping wet. And this poor little boy from Borgard, Paris, Louisiana, man, I didn't want to be there. And I'll never forget, boy, I pushed my daddy's buttons all the way to the point where he just stopped in that poor good look. He looked me square in the eye and he said, listen, you little punk, you're going to enjoy NASA whether you are or not. (laughs) And I really thought, I I was smart enough not to say it, but I thought, that didn't make any sense. (laughs) I'm going to enjoy it whether I do or not. I don't get it. But it was a daddy telling me you know what my daddy was telling me what your daddy's telling you today enjoy it God's trying to give you experiences of a lifetime so what if it's raining on your parade enjoy the rain because there's coming a drought in your life eventually so what it tastes like lemons making a lemonade someday you'd just give anything for it wouldn't you figure out a way to stir up the gift within you and find praise down in your heart. Now let me give you a little let me give you a little scripture today. Check this out now. Let me give it to you here. Isaiah the prophet Isaiah the prophet in chapter number 61 said, "Let's make a deal. Let's barter. I want to trade you something for something. God wants he God's in the trading business." Isaiah 61 and 3 in the New King James says, "He wants to give you the garment of praise." For the spirit, the spirit of heaviness. I don't know if you get it, and I don't know if it even connects to you, but boy, it connects with me. That tells me I can't put on heaviness. It's a spirit. I choose to be affected by it. I give in to it. And God says, I want to clothe you. I want to robe you. I want to cover you. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to hover over you. I want to saturate you. I want to just absolutely cover you with praise. Little bill, the little bells to chime and tinkle. <laughs> I told the first service this for all of us that have little ones. Did y'all ever make that foolish mistake of buying your little kid when they learn how to walk? Them little shoes that squeaked every step they took. He's like, come here, baby. Quick, 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 quick. Quick, quick. Quick, 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 You know, it was a good idea. And then 30 seconds later, you're like, something's got to give. I got to turn them little things off. 
Let me tell you something. You get to the you get the garment of praise on your life. The enemy's gonna say something's got to give. They driving me crazy. I'm throwing the very best I've got at them, and all they want to do is say thank you, Jesus. All they want to do is clap their hands to the Lord. They driving me crazy with the attitude of gratitude. They driving me absolutely nuts. Look at them smiling through the storm. Look at them dancing through the pain. Look at them singing through the hell that they're going through. How in the world can I stop that? That person's happy even when she shouldn't be happy and then there's people that are upset when they got the world by the tail ladies and gentlemen if you want to be dressed for success you're going to have to reach down deep and get a hold of your praise and start praising God at the midnight hour praising God in the sunny day praising God when it's going good praising God when it's going bad because at the end of the day you're not trapped in this world anyway you've been blood bought sanctified born again you're going to heaven so why not praise all the way there stand with me this morning stand with me give God a hand clap of praise today All right, everybody Clap your hands to the Lord. We will shout it out from the mountain tops that our God is. Why don't we praise a little bit before we go home? All right. Amen.